Baseball with an attitude. an attitude. Cool, freak show. This is fried baseball. Let the games begin. Hey-oh. I think that when we're all pulling on the same string, uh, special things happen, and you can see that we're doing that right now. There's no uh, <clears throat> one person that has the pressure on their shoulders that they have to get the job done. It's a new person every day, and uh, that's what makes it special. Jocktober, baby. Jock Peterson, Atlanta Braves outfielder, heard there. And, of course, he's absolutely right. It's been a team effort. It's been a different hero at each point of different points of the game, each game so far, both games of the series, I should say. The one person it's not been is the reigning MVP, Freddie Freeman, and yet the Braves have somehow found a way to get it done. When they struggled with – when the pitching staff struggled with walking guys, Ian Anderson only goes three – I think it was Mark Bradley with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution who said the Braves have just found a way to win anyway. And they're they're getting good at that. They're getting good at finding ways to win anyway. Uh, I am, by the way, my name is Kent Covington. This is the Fried Baseball Podcast. I, I just parachute in and do these things every once in a blue moon. I want to do them more regularly. I'm tempted all the time to uh, to commit to try to do something here on a regular basis to have former players on to really do this upright and do it consistently. I just don't, I just don't have time. So every now and then I parachute in and do one of these and uh, I just, I couldn't leave this alone after the Braves go up 2-0 in the series. There are just a few things on my mind that I wanted to talk about as the scene shifts. The Braves go to hostile territory in Chavez Ravine down in uh, LA to face the Dodgers on the road. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. The series is a long way from over but I don't think the Braves give this lead up this time. I really don't. We'll see what happens. Like I said, long way to go. But my money's absolutely on the Braves at this point. And I just have to say, uh, one thing I'm, I'm finding very, very amusing is some of the uh, the crying about the disadvantages of the uh, the Dodgers. They had to, oh, they're a 106-win team. They, they had to come in as a wild card, and they have to play a lowly 88-win team on the road. They don't have home field advantage you know, and oh, and, and they're without Justin Turner last night, and Max Muncy is out. Just the poor, lowly Dodgers. Just look at look at everything the Dodgers have had to endure. I have. Let me. I'm sorry. Let me get some. Uh, let me get some music here. There we go. Okay. Let, let's actually let's just take a moment and reflect on the hardship of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I just want to take a moment and and just allow our hearts to bleed. Let's just have compassion for them. Can we do that? Let's just take a moment. Let's just all feel for the Los Angeles Dodgers and all of the hardships that they've. Sorry, I didn't. I, I didn't think I was gonna get choked up. But let's let's just think about everything that the Dodgers have had to have had to go through. First of all, they lost their 2019 All Star guy who got Cy Young votes for the season. They were expecting him back early in the year. He didn't throw a single. Oh wait, wait, that was the Brave. Sorry, Mike Soroka. And uh, then they also lost their cleanup hitter in a Silver Slugger Award last year who did provided nothing to them this... Wait, no, sorry again. That was Ozuna. That was the Braves. Uh, and then they lost their MVP candidate halfway through the season. It, no, sorry. That also was the Braves. And then the, the guy who replaced him who had 47 home runs two years ago and was performing the same way for the Braves, tested positive for COVID and has been out the entire NLCS. Oh, wait, also the Braves. And they're having to play a team that is able to spend $80 million more 
than they were able to spend this year. It spends $80 million more than the median payroll. Obviously, that is also the disadvantage the Braves face. Everybody else does, for that matter, in this ridiculous modern baseball economics system that we have to tolerate. So I do, I do not want to hear any crying from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Even if you talk about what well, they had to they had to go in as the wild card. Look, they have a built-in advantage in this ridiculous baseball economic system where they can spend way more than so many other teams in baseball. They can print money in LA. They have a built-in they have a built-in unfair advantage over most other teams in the games. I just don't want to hear it. Now let's let's look at something over the, the first couple of games. We all know that Brian Snitker has taken a lot of heat over the years from Many in Braves country who are not uh, Brian Snitker fans, I feel like they've warmed up to. I feel like the uh, even those people have become a little quieter in in recent uh, recent years as Brian Snitker continues to have success. But we all know that Brian Snitker's strength is his leadership. I've said many times I didn't consider Brian Snitker to be a particularly great in-game tactician, but that his strength was in, in leadership, was in being the person who, who holds the team together, who inspires people, who gets the best out of these players. And that is a much, much bigger factor, a much more important thing than many fans realize. And that's what makes him a good manager. But I have to say, I think that I think he has improved. I think he's gotten better and better as a tactician. I'm sure, I mean, he's a humble guy too. He's not one of these people that has too much of an ego to listen to the people that are around him, to listen to the front office. So I'm sure that's a huge part of it as well is he's getting good information and he's using it. But I feel like, I think he's outmanaged Dave Roberts in this series through the first two games. One example, I think, is the fact, I think that Brian Snicker, and again, this, these decisions are not made in a vacuum. The front office is involved, the whole coaching staff is involved. But I think the right decision was made by holding Charlie Morton for game three. Now you're going to have somebody who's a, a tested, a battle-tested, huge game pitcher, going into in game three in hostile territory, giving you a real chance to go into LA and put your foot on the throats of the reigning World Series champion Los Angeles Dodgers. You go up to 3-0, up, if you go up 3-0 in the series, we all know it's pretty much all over but the crying. But I think it was it was the right decision to give him that extra rest. He's 37 years old. On the other side, you saw what just happened. Right, The Dodgers have a great bullpen, but they bring Max Scherzer in to close Game 5 against the Giants, and that, that took a good bit out of him. He's already got a big workload. He is also 37 years old. So they made a very different decision. Then they bring Scherzer back in Game 2. They could have gone with Bueller on, on entirely regular rest. They could have had Bueller on regular rest in Game 2. And Scherzer said it at, to the media after the game. He said he could tell when he was warming up, the arm it just wasn't there. It wasn't quite right. His arm felt a little bit dead. He wasn't at his best. He wasn't able to go deep in a game. I, th- I think that was a mistake. I think it was a tactical error on the Dodgers' part to throw Max Scherzer in game two. Bueller was on regular rest. They could have thrown him here and had Scherzer go in with an extra two days of rest in game three back in L.A. The Braves made the right decision with their 37-year-old co-ace. I think the Dodgers made the wrong decision with their 37-year-old ace. And that was, I think, a contributing factor to the fact that the Braves now have a 2-0 series lead heading back to L.A. for game three. But as far as why the Braves are in this position, I think Jock Peterson's absolutely right. I mean, it's been somebody different all the time. There are so many heroes so far through the first two uh, games of this series. Tyler Matzik, Luke Jackson, Will Smith has been pretty good. A little bit of a scare in the ninth last night. He almost gave up the gopher ball, but he's been pretty solid. I mean, the bullpen overall has, has done a, a really good job for the Braves. Mac, Max Fried in game one, he did not have his best stuff and still gave the Braves six innings with two runs. I mean, come on. That's, that's what an ace does. When you don't have it, on a particular night, and you still give your team six innings, 
with two runs, that's that's what an ace does. He goes out there and shoves and still gives you a really good start, even when he's clearly not at his best. So fantastic. Again, so many heroes here for the Atlanta Braves so far. And tomorrow's game, again, this is a huge opportunity for the Braves. And, and, you know, the Dodgers have Bueller going on regular, actually a little bit extra rest at this point. It's going to be a madhouse out there. Dodger Stadium gets as loud as, as any ballpark in the country, and it's going to be extremely hostile territory. The Dodgers will be fired up. They'll have a day off. Of course, they're having to travel, but they'll have a day off. They're getting back in front of their home crowd. There's going to be some adrenaline. There's going to be, I think, probably a second win for the Dodgers coming in. It's going to be a very tough game to go and win, but boy, if the Braves could go and steal this, and they got the right guy on the mound to do it, if the Braves could go to L.A., can you just can you imagine the shock around baseball? Can you imagine the 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 dropped jaws, the opened mouth reaction of everybody around baseball and the media? <laughs> that would be that would be a beautiful thing to see the Braves take a 3-0 lead in, in LA. And they're gonna have that a real opportunity to do that tomorrow. And of course, you definitely want to win at least you know one of these next two games. You'd love to never let the Dodgers tie this series up. Even if the Braves were to drop game three, if they could come back and find a way to win game four and take that three three to one advantage again, I, I don't think they give it up again. I don't think they give it up this time. I think the Braves will hold on. But here's another fun little thing, checking the updated Fangraphs playoff odds. And again, there's a, there's a long, long ways to go, but it's, it's just fun to see because the Braves have been overlooked this entire time. Even when they started playing great baseball and had the best, the best record in baseball since the, uh, since the trade deadline, Still, people were overlooking them. People talked about the Dodgers being significant favorites in the series, which I never thought was true. And now it's flipped. Now the Braves are favored to win this series. And if you go to Fangraph's playoff odds, their uh, odds to win the World Series, here how, here's how this lines up. The Atlanta Braves have an ever so slight edge, according to Fangraph's, in their odds to win the World Series. The Braves, according to Fangraph's, have a 27.6% chance now to win the World Series. The Red Sox have a 27.5% chance, followed by the Astros slightly behind 26.7% chance, and the Dodgers just 18.2% chance. So again, a long, long way to go, knock on wood, but it's just it's just nice to see that the Braves are, are not being overlooked at this point. You know, there has to be some recognition that yes, the Braves are a legitimate World Series threat, and they are certainly a, a threat to knock off the Dodgers. In fact, at this point, Odds favor the Braves winning this series, which again is far from over. But I, I, you know, the Braves are in a great position and it's just amazing for them to be here after everything that they went through this season. And I know it's been said many times by many different people, but I got to add this in as well. If Alex Anthopoulos is not executive of the year, just stop handing out the award. Don't even have it anymore because it has is zero meaning. If Alex Anthopoulos is not your executive of the year, I don't know who, poss- who it could possibly be to go out and pick up, to build an entire outfield at the deadline, to get four quality bats and give up nothing. You know, as I joked on Twitter, you know, after Eddie Rosario had this huge game too, I said, if, if memory serves me correctly, Alex Anthopoulos got him for uh, a pint of Terrapin and a Chick-fil-A gift card. There are bouts. Actually, I think it was Kung Fu Panda that they <laughs> traded over who they were about to release. They got him for nothing. They got him for nothing. And I think uh, Bryce, uh, Bryce Wilson to Pittsburgh was, was the only thing of, of any note whatsoever that the Braves actually gave up in any of these deals that they made when they brought over uh, Rich Rodriguez from Pittsburgh, who you know, was good for a little while, unfortunately lost the confidence of the, uh, of the coaching staff of the front office. But 
They had him and, of, of course, Duvall. We've got you know, Solaire, who, who was f- phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Hopefully, hopefully we get him back before the end of this series. Eddie Rosario, who we just just seen, and then Jock, you know, Jock Peterson. So amazing. Absolutely extraordinary what this Braves front office was able to do and didn't give up anything to do it. I mean, you know, I, it's hard for me to remember a team this greatly impacted at the deadline to see a team. I mean, listen, I know the Dodgers went out and got Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. And I don't think, no, in fact, I'll just say it. I think the Braves, the the additions the Braves made were even more impactful than a blockbuster trade like that. I think what the Braves did, were able to accomplish at the deadline, was even more impactful than that. I just, it, it, and they didn't give up anything. It's extraordinary. It is absolutely amazing. And these guys have all fit in. They're all contributing. You know, they did throughout the rest of the regular season. And now, obviously, in October, they're coming up big. So it's amazing to see the Braves in this place. Um, Truist Park, I was there on Saturday, and it was, uh, it was a madhouse. And in the best possible way, it was crazy. I feel like I have to go back to to Atlanta Fulton County Stadium in the 90s to think about this much excitement, to this much buzz, this much noise. Although there there were a couple of times, there were definitely some times when Turner Field got incredibly loud. But I, it just this this feels a little bit different to me. And I was talking to uh, I was talking to my my friend Bud Ellis, who I went went to the game. He was nice enough to he had an extra ticket and brought me along. Thank you, Bud, if you're hearing this. Thank you, brother. Longtime sports writer, amazing follow on Twitter if you're not following him. But we were talking about this in the car on the way to the game that I really think that this rebuild, this this several years of the Braves losing was such a good thing for the Braves. Number one, I mean, yes, they reset the talent pool, which was the whole purpose of the rebuild, right? Was to was to get more talent in here and put the Braves back into a position where they could compete for a championship. But the other thing that it does, I really feel like it was a palate cleanser for this city. Because after so many years of the Braves winning divisions and, and not advancing in the playoffs, and I just feel like it was, a, it was a really good reset. You know, we hit the reset button in a way to have those few years where the Braves weren't winning so that when they came back on the scene, it just feels like something entirely new. And of course, when we go back to the 14-year division streak, there are plenty of Braves fans who were too young to remember that or they weren't even alive for part of it. So uh, the Braves were able to shed some of that old old baggage, and I think it was great to hit the reset button. And now we have something entirely new here with this young core, and the Braves are four-time NL East division champions, but now they've, they've been to the, the NLCS for the second year in a row, and they have a chance, they have a real chance to advance to the World Series for the first time in uh, two-plus decades. So a lot to look forward to. This, the rest of the series should be phenomenal, should be great, but again, wow. If the Braves can go out, if the Braves can go out to LA tomorrow and and steal this game, what a stunner! You know what a shock! What an amazing thing that would be if the Braves go and do that. It, it will absolutely leave the baseball world with their jaws on their their collective jaw on the floor, and that would be a lot of fun to see. And I would especially love to shut up some of these uh, LA sports writers who are coming out with their tired Waffle House jokes. I mean, at least guys, come on, come up with just come up with something original for crying out loud! Waffle House, really? Just come on. I can appreciate a good burn if it's at least clever. Just spend a few brain cells on it next time, if, if you wouldn't mind. If you, if you could be bothered to do that, that would be great. All right, looking forward to Game 3 in L.A. Again, that's going to be uh, Charlie Morton on the hill for the Braves, Walker Bueller on the mound for the Dodgers. That's a 5.08 Eastern time start in the afternoon. 
And a few things to watch for. Number one, obviously the Braves are going to need a big, they, they got Charlie Morton to come make big starts like this, and they're going to need a big one. It's going to be a very, very hostile environment. The Dodgers will be fighting for their lives. They need a huge start from Charlie Morton in game three, and the bullpen's going to have to continue to come up really, really big. And, and another thing I think we have to look for is for Freddie Freeman to get it going. This isn't about one guy. This is a team effort, but you know it, it, it certainly would help a lot to have their MVP looking a little bit more like their MVP. And you know the, the Braves need Freddie Freeman to, to break out of the slump or whatever's going on. Hopefully that's all it is. And it's nothing physical that's bothering him. But I'm hopeful that a day off today for travel, maybe that's a little bit of a reset for him. We'll do Freddie some good. So enjoy it. One thing we know for sure is that the NLCS is coming back to Truist Park for sure, regardless, at least for a game six. So hope to see you guys out there next weekend. Game three tomorrow. Go Braves. We'll talk to you soon.